What is going on, everybody? John Pember here with Adam Ronas. This is the Anti Up Podcast here, filling in today for Howard Bender. Uh, Adam, we are uh, in the middle of the first round of the NBA playoffs. Quickly, uh, some of these series are coming to an end. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of the matchups we've seen so far? It's been kind of unexpected for me, I think, some of these teams that are, are starting to hang around. Yeah, it's definitely been a little surprising so far. Obviously, injuries are a big factor here in some of these series, especially with Phoenix, you know, where you're recording here Tuesday before the games begin. Uh, by the time you hear this, we'll know which team has a 3-2 lead. But Phoenix, with the Devin Booker injury, we've seen their odd shift going from the favorite. Now they're not. Uh, so they've had a, a tougher series maybe than anticipated for a 1-8. Uh, the Grizzlies-Minnesota also on Tuesday night. That's 2-2. Uh, as we record, so that's been closer than expected. Um, yet, obviously, yet the Atlanta Celt- in Miami, you know, uh, no Jimmy Butler for this game now. I don't think it's going to matter. I think Miami. I just I don't think Atlanta's good enough. Uh, Trey Young's really struggled in this series, so uh, I think Miami will prevail um, in that one. Uh, the Bulls surprised me through the first two games. I was surprised, and then Chris Middleton gets hurt, and then the Bucks win the next two easily. I'll tell you this. Right now, if you're Philadelphia, you've got to be shitting your pants because we have never seen a team come back from three games to zero, ever. And now it's 3-2 Philly. Toronto's won two in a row. Game six in Toronto. You have Doc Rivers, who is known to blow 3-1 leads in the postseason. Now could put himself in history. James Harden, who's not been a good performer in the postseason. Joel Embiid with this thumb injury. Uh, I kind of wish I sprinkled some money on Toronto after 3-0, bro. I, I, I don't, are you, do you agree? Do you get that feeling that this could happen? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think these series can certainly turn, especially now that you're dealing, like you mentioned, you know, the big injury to, to Embiid, I have to assume that's impacting him at some level. Um, you know, the torn thumb ligament, you know, maybe he's looking to play a little bit more outside uh, than banging around inside and getting some of those easier buckets because he is afraid to get hit on the hand or he's not looking to dunk the basketball with that hand. And that's his dominant shooting hand. So, you know, you take a, you take that away from from Embiid. Not that he wasn't effective, obviously, the double double there uh, in game five. But, yeah, listen, Toronto won that game without Fred Van Vliet in the lineup. Right. And I, you, you consider him to be probably a top two player on that team after Siakam. Um, yeah, yeah, they got Scotty Barnes back and, and whatnot in that game into the starting lineup. Uh, but I thought this game series was going to go seven. I thought Philadelphia was going to edge them out eventually because of the Embiid factor. But now if you're telling me Embiid's not 100 percent and they're <laughs> they're going back to Toronto uh, for game six. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Toronto might actually pull this off. Yeah, I, I think they really have a good shot because, you know, um, all the pressure is going to be on Philly because if they somehow lose game six, I know they have game seven in their building. All the pressure's on that. Right. All they're going to hear is, oh, are you going to become the first team? We've seen Doc Rivers in this spot before. Um, that is a really intriguing game on Thursday. Uh, and I see what Philly's a short favorite. I would bet Toronto. I would bet Toronto. I don't care if Van Fleet plays or not. Uh, this Toronto team has showed a lot of fight, and I think Philly is going to start to question themselves. So um, uh, they do have a start time for that, I see already, 7 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Obviously, if, if two games, uh, it could be an interesting Thursday because you could have four game sixes, depending on what happens with Heat Hawks Tuesday night. Well, Suns Pelicans is definitely yeah. 
on Thursday. They just don't have a time yet. I guess they're waiting for that fourth game. So, um, and I think the Jazz are done. Yeah. Uh, they, I think they get closed out. Uh, Dallas is a short road favorite on Thursday night. Uh, Donovan Mitchell dealing with these quad issues and hamstring. Uh, we've seen it. That Utah team just, it's done. Yep. They got to break it up. They We've heard the rumors that they don't want to, that they're not enamored with each other. You see it, man. Like, And they had their opportunity. You have no Luka for three games, the first three games of the series, and you're down 2-1. I mean, right there it was over. And uh, I just regret not betting Dallas at the beginning of the series when they were dogs. Because, you know, I didn't know when Luka was going to come back. Yeah. And if Luka didn't play the entire series – I wasn't sure that they could win. They actually still might have because Jalen Bronson was carrying the team at the beginning. But, yeah, I think Utah's done. Yeah, I mean, listen, how are you supposed to know that Jalen Brunson's going to score 45 points, right, <laughs> in a game? <laughs> right? like, yeah, yeah, you thought that they would be able to hang around. We know Utah's defense against point guards uh, this year had been pretty, pretty trash. But to see Brunson and Dinwiddie uh, basically carry that team against Utah at full strength. Um, yeah, Gobert's going to be gone. They brought in Danny Ainge, obviously, during the season. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be someone that's going to sort of revamp that team. Uh, you know, I was talking to Justin Fenchman on Alarm After Hours about this and, you know, looking into how they would replace Gobert. He's obviously always championing for, uh, you know, the Hornets to improve at center. He said he would love to see Gobert go uh, to Charlotte. I know that, you know, the Pacers had been trying to trade Miles Turner. And when Danny Andrews was with the Celtics, he had a billion conversations about trading for Miles Turner. So I wondered if, you know, there's some three-team dealing potential of moving on from Gobert, bringing Miles Turner in from the Pacers. Pacers get some draft picks. The Jazz get sort of a, a stretch center that can still block shots but help more offensively uh, from range as well. And then you give, you know, if you're completing Fancy's dream there, uh, Gobert finally going to Charlotte to give them a legitimate big to play around that team. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they definitely need a big for sure. But we're going to see some changes in Utah. Donovan Mitchell probably gone. We've been hearing that a lot. But you could see it just it was over. Um, I watched him come back and win the next. Two. I was going to say, you know, the, yeah. anytime you count these these teams out. But I just not- I just don't, you know, they got fortunate to win game four by one. Um, and again, if Mitchell's not 100 percent because Mitchell hasn't even been great in the series. It's been all volume. I've written up his over points a couple of times and it's cashed. I did not go to it in game five. Good thing, because <laughs> it was lower to 27 half. He didn't even come close for like nine points. Right. But it's all volume. And he has these stretches where he doesn't do anything. And then he goes on a scoring spree. Um, but if he's not 100 percent, forget it. And, um, you know, with Luca back and I know they lost one game with Luca, but, you know, he's been good. Um, he looks like he's back. So I'd be surprised. I know the Jazz typically have been better at home, but I think Dallas closes this out. Yeah, I'm with you. And again, Dallas was, you know, obviously the favorite had Luca not gone down. So, um, you know, there's no real reason to think that they aren't going to be the favorite. I mean, yeah, they're two and a half point favorites in that game uh, moving forward. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it comes. Uh, we'll we'll break down uh, some of the other point spreads and totals uh, that remain in this series. Uh, we'll give a quick shout out to our sponsor. All right, back, Adam. You know, again, we're looking at, you know, mentioned some of these closer games, Philadelphia, Toronto, uh, Philly giving one and a half. Dallas Mavericks is two and a half. Uh, Denver, Golden State, though, right? Golden State giving nine on their home floor to Denver. Denver, you know, pulled off the win last game. You know, do you see, you know, Nikola Jokic, potentially the MVP here again, being able to, you know, get another game out of Golden State here? I don't see it. Uh, they might be able to cover the spread because it is a high number. But we saw the first two games 
at home in Golden State that they uh, won pretty easily and covered this number. So um, give credit to Denver um, for getting that game. They easily could have just folded up shop and went home like Brooklyn. Uh, they did it. But, you know, the first two games in these series, um, you saw Golden State at home win by 16 and 20. And then a five-point game in game three, and then Denver won by five. But going on the road here, the experience of Curry, Thompson, and Draymond Green in big games. Um, and, you know, they got a, a lot of things went right for Denver in that game. And Golden State made a run. Um, they almost were able to, to to take the lead and pull it off. But, uh, you know, are you going to get Monte Morris scoring 24 again? Aaron Gordon scoring 21 again on the road? I doubt it. So even if Jokic has a big game, which we know he's certainly capable of, um, uh, I don't see it. So I think Golden State definitely wins. I lean towards the minus nine. That is a big number. I'm not sure about that yet. Uh, kind of debating that. But uh, I think Golden State ends this. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Look, I mean, listen, it's not just that they have you know, Curry and Thompson uh, and Draymond, obviously that core, there, a ton of playoff experience, but they're just a very well-rounded team. And then, you know, Jordan Poole, who I, you know, I, I understand he didn't win the most improved player. Uh, I, I guess I understand John Moran winning it because he kind of elevated to a superstar. But I mean, coming out of a guy who's playing in the G League last year, Jordan Poole, uh, to the impact that he's made on this team this year, you know, filling in basically for Clay, filling in for Steph when he's been out. Uh, and the impact he's made in this series, um, yeah, you just there's just too many guns there to, for Denver, I think, to to overcome consistently. So I'm kind of uh, I'm with you on that one. I, th- I think that one's going to be kind of uh, difficult for uh, them to uh, you know kind of come back from. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts looking at uh, you know the other game that's happening? Um, it's 12 points, Milwaukee, Chicago. Zach Levine's now ruled out. That game as he enters COVID protocol. Is he officially out? Yeah, I saw that he was officially ruled out health and safety protocols. Well, I, okay, I saw he entered health and safety yeah, protocols. Let me, let me recheck the the Twitter notification that I got there. When was this? Like within recent yeah. when we were recording? Yeah, let me let me make sure. Let me okay, make sure. because yeah, I saw that he has entered the protocols and he's questionable. I mean, it, my guess is he doesn't return. Um, but uh, they saying he's likely won't be able to play. Um, uh, okay, so Sham said he's expected to miss Wednesday's game. Okay, I mean, I would think that too. If you're into protocols, I mean, it's going to be hard to return. If you're entering on Tuesday, it's going to be hard to play on right. game five the next day. Uh, we know Caruso, Alex Caruso, has a concussion, will not travel with the team. Uh, I know it's easy to just say, oh, the, the take the Bucks minus 12, but it's a lot of points. Uh, it is, but I mean, again, I was stunned that the Bulls were that they won a game in this series. I couldn't believe it. Uh, even game one, they held the Bucks to 93. That was a game that they needed to steal. Um, game two, I don't know how they won. And then Middleton it hurts. So you're like, oh my God. And then what happens? Um, you know, Milwaukee wins by 30 and uh, 24 uh, on the road. Um, so I hate laying 12 in a playoff game, but how are the Bulls competitive? I just don't see it, man. And you, and if Levine's going to be out, a guy that can get you 20, 25 points. Right. Uh, where where's this offense coming? and Caruso's out too? I mean, you got two of your starters out now. Yeah, you're you relying can, on you're relying on the rookie AO, uh is a Dosuno, right? To come in that line yeah, right now. And then or, Kobe White to kind of fill the Levine scoring role. Yeah. I mean, and you could focus on DeRozan now. Mm-hmm. I just I don't see it. So I probably won't bet it. Um, I did put Milwaukee money line in a parlay with a couple baseball picks on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I got to wait a day to hopefully the baseball picks cash. And then <laughs> now I'm hoping Milwaukee gets it done. Uh, but yeah, I, 
I do not see Milwaukee losing this game. And then it sets up a Milwaukee-Boston yeah, series. Yeah, what's, and, uh, what's your takeaway from Boston sweeping the Nets last night? Um, look, before the playoffs, you would have said they're going to get swept. I would have been surprised. But I think, I think people underestimated Boston and overestimated Brooklyn. Boston's been one of the best teams in the NBA since January. They've been – they were number one in defensive efficiency, and they've been winning consistently. And you know, everyone talks Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, but I mean, Jason Tatum is one of the best players in the NBA. Right. Jalen Brown's been great. Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. So I think – and it's going to be interesting now because people are like, oh, Milwaukee probably lost on purpose to avoid Brooklyn. Well, it's going <laughs> to cost them home court now. So um, – and we and Chris Middleton's likely not going to play the first few games of this series, and he might not even return for some of it. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, things set up well for Boston uh, for sure. Yeah, I, I look at this. I I thought that obviously the Celtics were going to win. No biases aside, being a Celtics fan, but I thought it was going to go six, um, you know, six or seven games for sure. Just because I figured uh, I didn't expect them to hold Kevin Durant to thirty percent shooting for a series. You know, like I just didn't see that happening. And after Game One, when Kyrie went off, in you know they lost on the buzzer beater. I thought we'd see a more motivated Kyrie. Instead, he decided just to check out after that. Um, and be like, all right, well, we gave him our best punch. We lost, and you know, GGs. I got fined. I, I was almost like he silently protested, uh, you know, his fine. And I imagine the Nets organization also told him, uh, you can't be flipping off the crowd. And he kind of just kind of went away after that. Um, you know, but to me, you know, in, in the conversations we had talking about the matchup, you know, assuming he does end up being the Bucks here, uh, it's a completely different, you know, not just matchup because you're dealing with Giannis. It's, you know, people look at the way Jason Tatum defended Kevin Durant. You can't defend Kevin Durant and Giannis the same way. Durant is okay settling for threes and jump shots. Giannis is going to put his head down. He's going to drive into the lane. He's going to make you foul him. You know, he's like he's going to put up a lot of fouls. I think on that on that front court, whether it be Tatum, Tice, Horford, Rob Williams, because he's going to find his way to the free throw line there, and they're going to have to either try to draw offensive fouls on him uh, or force him to take you know mid range jump shots, which Giannis is getting better at. But uh, there's a lot of size. Um, and with Milwaukee, with them starting Portis, Lopez, and Giannis, that's something that the Nets did not have. They didn't really have the size to match up with Boston's front. You know, their smallest guard uh, in their starting five is Marcus Smart at like 6'4". You know, there is no, you know, Patty Mills. There is no uh, Seth Curry. Like, those guys aren't really on that on that Bucks team. They're all bigger. So it's going to be an interesting defensive matchup on both sides, and we'll kind of see, assuming it comes through, uh, I'm still expecting that probably to go six or seven games for sure. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a great series, no doubt about it. I wish Middleton was playing, but uh, you know Boston is really good. Um, and again, I think Brooklyn, we maybe not everyone. I kept saying, like, why are they still near the top of the leaderboard as a favorite to win the title for mm-hmm. most of the season? But I understand it's the same thing would happen with the Lakers. The books didn't want it to be a big liability. Once you drop Brooklyn to plus twelve hundred or something, where they probably should have been. People are going to jump on that be like, oh, my God, I get Durant and Kyrie at this number. I'm going to bet it. And then the books are like, shit, now we got them at plus 200, plus 300, everyone. Now plus 12, everyone's jumping on. And should they pull it off, now there is a big liability. Yeah. It was the same thing with the Lakers when the Lakers were heavily favored for the first couple months. And I'm sitting there like, are you guys watching this team? Why is this number? But they're a popular team that people bet. And once you drop the number significantly, uh, the books, it becomes a liability for yep. them. I, I was saying that on Alarm After Hours as well whenever uh, Fancy was bringing that up, why they were plus, you know, the favorites to win. I'm like, because if you drop them to what a seven seed should be, 
and Kyrie Irving comes back and Ben Simmons comes back and you know, all the all the best case scenarios and they win. Yeah, people are going to be cleaning house in Vegas. So um, they, they never really addressed them there. So uh, it should be a good, obviously, rest of the NBA series here. we got a couple teams looking to close out. Uh, it'll be fun to uh, pay attention and see how uh, the rest of the playoffs shake out. Uh, Adam, any final thoughts for the listeners at home? No, I mean, I think it's been a real interesting playoffs. A lot of people criticize the NBA. Oh, we know who's going to win. It's not like that this year. And the injuries have vastly changed the odds. You know, Golden State was a team where like, well, how are they going to do? Now they're the favorites to win the title. Why? They're healthy. They're healthy. They look great. Um, So it's going to be fun. I just hope that we do get Chris Middleton and Devin Booker back because, you know, you want to see these teams at full strength. You don't want to be like, well, yeah, they won because this team. No, give me everyone at full strength. I know we rarely get it in sports. It's part of it. But I hope those guys come back so we can see great series. Yeah, uh, I agree. I want to I see that Suns-Warriors game series. You know, that's what, I, that's what I think everybody's looking for in the West. So if we can get it happen, get Booker back, get them healthy and, and whatnot, it'll be, it'll be good to uh, go. But that wraps it up, everybody. Thanks for listening uh, to the Any Up podcast. We'll catch you guys later.